Welcome to episode 24 of the Girls in Movement podcast, where we talk to founders and influencers from across the globe. Now, today's guest is one of the most internationally acclaimed champions for women. Um, She's created events and projects that support and celebrate the success of women. She's a food guru, an international author, and a motivational speaker. She's also worked with several big brands to help her achieve the goal of looking for successful and influential women across the UK. So without further ado, I introduce Pinky Lalani. How are you, Pinky? I'm really good, thank you. Good stuff. So I suppose let's start from the beginning, Pinky. Were you born and raised here in the UK? No, I was actually born in Calcutta, where I grew up and studied, and I only came to the UK when I got married, when I met my husband and married him in three weeks and came to the UK. Oh, wow. (laughs) Amazing. And did did you start your career here in the UK or in India? No, actually, it was here because, and that even I was a really late comer. I didn't have any great aspirations of working. I thought I'd be very much like my mother, who was a homemaker and, um, you know, had lots of people over living, you know, coming from India. You always had uh, people entertain them and have relatives. And so it, it was a very social life. And I thought I'd carry on with that social life here. But that was slightly difficult because here we have no help Um, and I had my children really quickly so I didn't really work um, for a long time and it was only when my kids were almost 10 years old that I started doing some part-time work so I was really a very late starter. Sure and I suppose did did, how did the career start what what was your kind of first sort of industry that you worked in? Well actually you know have having come to England not knowing how to cook because obviously we had a very good cook in our house in Calcutta so I had to learn how to cook but I loved having people over I loved food so I learned to cook so every time I'd go back I'd learn something more and then I'd experiment and my first job actually then turned out to be I met someone who said you know you cook really well I guess she hadn't tasted very good Indian food elsewhere and she said would you teach Uh, Indian cookery to adults, adult education in the evening. So it really began by going in, I remember every Monday evening from 7.30 to 9.30 with my box of spices and ingredients and teaching adults how to cook. Well, okay, so obviously this is the start of Spice Magic then, is that right? Yes, that's how Spice Magic came about. So when, you know, obviously I enjoyed teaching people how to cook and seeing the kind of energy and enthusiasm and interest they had in the subject. Um, You know, everybody said, then I started working with some big supermarkets, helping, you know, consulting really, helping them to develop Indian sources and Indian dishes. And then I wrote my first book, Spice Magic, which I self-published. Wow, that's amazing. And do you, um, I suppose, are you still getting people who have an interest in kind of Indian cooking, I suppose, because Indian cooking culture has grown significantly. Um, is this is Spice Magic still something that people can get involved with? Has it gone further than just kind of an, an evening school now teaching people how to cook? 
Um, well, no, actually, then what I did was I developed it into a leadership and team building bit around Indian cookery experience. Wow. So people would come to my house from some of the big companies, uh, and there'd be 10 of them or eight of them, and we would have a whole day of cooking and leadership. So I kind of interwove the two and um, then started selling my masala kadabbas, which are the spice boxes with wow. my book. So it became a big package. And I actually also took my walk because um, when I first published my book, nobody had heard of me and nobody wanted to buy any books. And I thought, how am I going to sell all these books? And so I kind of offered to take my walk into one of the big bookstores and say, if I bring my walk with my sp- and cook spicy Bombay potatoes in five minutes, will you let me sell my book? And somebody actually agreed. So the whole concept of taking my walk and traveling around the UK, the world, in fact, in many ways, um, actually gets people interested not only in the food, but, you know, the creativity, what are the ingredients you need, not just the physical ingredients, but other ingredients, the culture of India. And it's not only about Indian cooking, it's much more than that. It's, you know, about food in general and the part it plays in your life. Yeah, definitely. And do you feel like um, teaching people leadership and development while they're in that kind of relaxed space of cooking as well? Do you feel like that does make a difference um, of them? I, they I think it makes a huge difference because, you know, when, say, a board of people come here or, you know, a senior leader brings the people who work with them, everybody's equal in my kitchen. And so, you know, you find as in life, you know, food is such a big part of most people's life now. I mean, everybody's interested in food. And actually, so many people don't cook. There's this fear of cooking. I don't have the time. And they're buying all this ready-made stuff. And what I'm saying is it's actually really easy to do. Again, it's like your work. You plan ahead. You have the ingredients. It's your energy you use. And actually, you know, there's such an interest in actually bringing those factors together. And obviously, in my kitchen that I'm talking about leadership, how is how do you lead a team? You need passion, you need belief, you need resilience, you have you you make mistakes and you start again. So yes. I think cooking is a really great way of uh, developing people. Definitely. And more on to the, I suppose, the leadership and development, you started a program called Women of the Future. So how did this start? And I suppose, what made you want to want to do this? Yeah, so I, um, so I really it all began with the Asian Women of Achievement Awards in 1999 where I felt I wanted to recognize and give a platform to Asian women because I felt they weren't getting enough coverage and, you know, uh, really being acknowledged. Um, And then in 2006, I thought I wanted something for much more than just Asian women. So it was for all women, but under 35. So I started, um, you know, an emerging leaders program because I felt, you know, what they gained from the awards would um, they could leverage for a long time in their lives. And we could help them on that journey. Definitely. So these the Women of the Future program is actually kind of worldwide now then? Well, it's we've taken it to Southeast Asia. So it's not worldwide. We don't have the resources. But we took it to Southeast Asia this year and we had the first Women of Future Awards for 10 countries and we held it in Singapore. And we saw there's a real need for it. Women everywhere want to share their stories they want to be inspired they want to build relationships um it just makes a lot of sense definitely and what's been the sort of standout and i suppose inspiring stories that you've kind of heard when you've done these awards 
Well, there's so many of them. I'm always totally blown over and I've decided I must archive them. So we have the awards. Then we think it's not enough to have just awards. So we set up a network, a summit, a school program, and um, a kindness list now. But going back to the award and what are the standout stories, I think a couple of them that I really remember was this young girl who was 21. She was one of our first award winners who set up uh, she wanted to make a full-length feature movie, and she raised 1.5 million wow. finance herself to make the movie. And she's now just made her third movie, and she's invited me to the preview. Then there was a girl who actually takes old hose pipes from the fire brigade and makes them into luxury handbags. So she's really into this whole thing of recycling. And I connected her with someone, and she helped them build their new restaurant with recycled wood. Um, And then we have um, this amazing girl who's the only woman tailor in Savile Row, which is where there are all these men's tailors. She's the only woman tailor with her own shop there. Again, very male-dominated area, but so important to be there. Uh, We had a girl who discovered, you know, invented a solar-powered fridge in her gap year so that they could keep drug school in Africa. Um, So some amazing stories. Yeah, that is very inspiring. I love the kind of eco-friendly ones as well about having a sustainable future, which is a huge focus at the moment for the government and finding brand new startups which are achieving uh, stuff around a sustainable future. So that's really great. Um, I suppose, did you, so where did your entrepreneurial spirit come from, Pinky? Um, have you always been like this and kind of had an interest in, I suppose, new businesses and startups? Well, I've never ever um, thought of myself as creative or entrepreneurial. I think, you know, suddenly I was doing all these things, which I thought I'm just doing. And then somebody was saying, oh, my God, you're an entrepreneur. You're so creative. And, you know, you've set up so many different things. Um, and I, I don't know. It must be it must be in my genes because and I think, you know, I'm so inspired by what people do and, and like to try something. And I guess I can be tenacious. But sometimes I, I also think I give up. Um, but I think more people say that I never give up, but I, d- I don't know. You, it's very difficult to judge yourself because yeah. sometimes when people tell me, sometimes we learn a lot about ourselves from what other people tell us, how they see us. So somebody may pass a comment and I think, that's not me. And then suddenly I'll think about it and think, well, maybe it is. <laughs> and so it's really nice to be open to hearing what other people think about you. And I think as women, um, we... No, we need to feed back to others what we think about them, so yeah. to encourage them, to make them believe in themselves. I think self-belief is so important because I think that's the starting point. If you don't have confidence and self-belief, then you're going to go nowhere. Yeah, completely. I couldn't agree more with you there. And I think most of the kind of uh, founders and influencers that, that I speak to, they always say that whenever they go to their kind of mentor or their, an individual that they always speak to when they're in their kind of lowest part of say their business or startup transition they always say I want them to be honest on what they think I, where I'm going wrong and tell me where I can change um, so yeah that's very true. So I think you... also the point I'd like to make most people like most women I know undervalue themselves but there are some who yeah. think they're much greater than they really are <laughs> and, and it's very difficult to tell them look I think you know you're you think you're a bit more than you really are but uh, thankfully there are a few of those. I also can agree more with that point as well yeah so you've got to find the balance of how you'd let them know about 
uh, yeah, that. <laughs> um, yeah. So what's your plans in 2018? Um, I suppose not just for Women of the Future, but Spice Magic as well. Are there any kind of big events, um, big big stories happening? Uh, well, one thing we've just launched this year and we're going to publish in November is the DNA of everything I do. We've built our entire brand on kindness and collaboration. We're really small. And it's because so many people believe in us. And, you know, I really believe we have to be kind um, that we built everything. And so we're launching, we will publish um, Kindness and Leadership. 50 leading lights and it'll be published in World Kindness Day in wow. November. So I'm really excited about that because I want people not to think of kindness as being, um, you know, fluffy skill. I think it makes business sense. People never forget people who are kind. People never forget unkindness too. And I think I want to bring it to the center of the stage. So for a lot of women, I think it empowers them because all of us can be kind. We don't need a degree, we don't need a bank, huge bank balance, but all of us can actually change the world through kindness. And um, I always remember the story of Aldous Huxley, who's one of the greatest thinkers of the 20th century. And at the end of his life, they asked him, what is the one piece of advice you can give people? And he said, I'm almost embarrassed to say after having worked so many years and done so much, I would say, be kinder than you have to. And I think that's a very powerful message for me. 100%. So for me, this year is about how do we bring kindness into, we've always spoken about it, but we've got this list. We're going hopefully back to Southeast Asia. Um, and, you know, we're always looking at something new we can introduce into our program. So our school program has really taken off. So we're taking school girls to visit big corporates. So they're not intimidated. We've taken them to the biggest mining company in the world. We took wow. them to net. Nete Porte yesterday, we're hoping to take them to the foreign office. So I want these young girls from all kinds of backgrounds to go in and think, yes, I can do it. You know, I've been in here, I've come out, I've, you know, why should I not be part of the conversation? I need to be at the table too. And unless we make people believe that they should be there, a lot of them will never come to the table and have a voice. And I think that's important. Definitely. And I think um, from the kind of trips that you're doing for these young girls, that sort of um, that whole day will live with them for forever, really. And, and that will be the start of something, uh, whatever industry they go into. Um, and like you say, it gives them that confidence to say, oh, do you know what? I can go into a corporate environment. I can have a voice. Um, and that's what I want to do or or kind of into a different uh, industry like mining, for example, um, which tends to be male dominated. So, yeah, that's that's great stuff. Yeah, I think, you know, we have so many trans uh, transferable skills. So if you go in, and I think part of the transferable skills that every company wants is they want passion, they want commitment, they want, you know, creativity, innovation, such a big area, and kindness. And, of course, you have to be competent. And the people skills are very, very important because you can be very clever at what you do, but if you don't know, you don't have the emotional intelligence. Um, and I like there's a particular quotient that I like. It's called LQ, and it's your likability quotient. And when you think of that, you know, who are the likable people? Who are the people we like? We like people who listen to us, who are mindful, who engage, who are generous, who, you know, actually are, give you your worth. And I think, you know, we need to get more people to be aware and 
you know, to be aware of those areas and see how they're doing there because that's what's going to help you go to the next level. Definitely. So just moving on to my final question, which I like to ask kind of all my guests. Um, if you could give your younger self any advice, what would it be? What would I give my younger self advice? I mean, I, don't be afraid. I think, you know, so much uh, of my life is I'm, I'm not a risk taker in many ways. And I think one has to take risks. So my thing is go and, you know, go and do some of the things that you were afraid to do and, and start early. I wish I'd started earlier because, but on the other hand, I think life is about timing. And maybe earlier wouldn't have helped me. So a lot of life is about serendipity. But also I would tell my younger self, build really robust relationships because ultimately it's those networks that help you propel yourself and get things done. <laughs> That's great advice. Um, Pinky, thank you so much for the podcast today. It's been really kind of... Uh, just in, interesting to find out more about kind of where you started and especially about uh, the Women of the Future program. As always, uh, you can find out more information at the bottom of the podcast um, on iTunes or YouTube. Um, thank you very much, Pinky. Thank you, Polly. Good luck. Bye-bye.